My daughter said to me the other day, she has heard 2022 referred to as 2022, I-E-T-O-O. <laughs> COVID keeps on giving, as we said last year, and the challenges and uncertainties of the past two years continue in the midst of the realities of COVID-19. As the Christmas season draws to a close with the celebration of Epiphany, the coming of the Magi, the wise men from the East, the term can refer to magicians or astrologers or experts in interpreting dreams, portents and other strange happenings. Whoever they, they were, how does their coming to Jesus speak to us in the midst of hope and reality, light and darkness. How do we live as the people of God in these uncertain times? What does it mean for us to look to the future? Then, as now, we see with the Magi that at its heart it is about the worship we bring, it's about our calling. What is our calling as the people of God? In times of crisis, people look to their leaders. I'm sure we all have our different views on those leading us through this crisis. The Jewish people longed for a great leader, a great king, the Messiah, the Christ, the one promised by God to deliver his people. If they only recognised it, the birth of Jesus fulfilled that expectation, that longing. But it was not just the expectation of the Jewish people. The Magi came from the east to Jerusalem asking, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him, which is exactly what they did. They found the child Jesus in Bethlehem and they bowed down and worshipped him. Right from the beginning of Jesus' life, it is clear his birth is not just for the people of Israel. He was born for the whole world, as Isaiah prophesied, chapter 60, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. The light that dawned in Jerusalem has spread to all nations and verse 6 of that chapter of Isaiah herds of camels will cover your land young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord and centuries later Popular piety inspired the making of Christmas cribs in which Matthew's Magi have become kings, three of them sitting on camels. The Magi, Magi from the east was simply the first who came, bringing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. So if worship, if calling is at the heart of it, what does that look like? What does that mean as we look to the future, especially in the midst of uncertainty? 
Jesus is barely born when Matthew has the kings of the peoples standing at the gates of Jerusalem full of longing. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And verse 3, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. A portent of what is to come. Herod is alarmed. He knows infallibly that this royal child is an enormous threat to him. He prefers to play the king in this life himself. The Magi want to kneel before this royal child. They want to give power over their lives into his hands. So firstly, that is what true worship is about. Being prepared to kneel before Jesus, giving power over your life into his hands. And that is true for us as individuals and it's true for us as a church. The power is to be in Jesus' hands. We are to kneel before him. Herod can't bear to think about it. He doesn't want to let this power out of his hands that he has. He won't abdicate, nor does he want anyone else to kneel to any other king than him. He's troubled and all Jerusalem shares in his dismay. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, another portent, men with power gather more than once in Matthew's gospel and when they do, they are never filled with holy thoughts. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied. For this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Micah chapter 5. The Messiah, David's son, can of course only see the light of day in the city of David of Bethlehem. And that's how the prophet Micah translates the popular belief of his day. In verse 7 of Matthew chapter 2, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found them found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. The hypocrite. Herod doesn't want to worship Jesus at all. He wants to be worshipped. But why the diversion to Jerusalem? Why were the Magi there in the first place, given Bethlehem was where they were heading? And the answer to that question gives us the second answer to our question. If worship, if calling is at the heart of it, what does that look like? What does that mean as we look to the future, especially in the midst of uncertainty? Yes, it is giving, kneeling before Jesus, giving the power in our lives over to him. Why were the Magi in Jerusalem? Because Israel is and remains called to point the way for the peoples of the world. As we, the church, the people of God are and remain called 
to point the way for those around us. That is the second answer of what it looks like if worship, if calling is at the heart of it. It's all about pointing the way for those around us. Whatever 2022 holds, whatever life brings each and every one of us. But Jerusalem shows no interest. The least they could have done, when you think about it, was look to the sky and see if indeed Hastar had risen from Jacob. They know their prophets. They know where the Messiah will see the light of day. But they continue to sit there and don't do anything. Who must now show the kings the way? Well, if the earth takes no notice, only heaven can inform them. After they'd heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. So thirdly, Matthew tells the story and what our worship, our calling looks like in fragrance and colours. They give gold, which in all times and places is the symbol of money and power, of renown and prestige given to Jesus. And they give frankincense, a symbol of dedication and prayer. Psalm 141, may my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. And Matthew adds a third gift, myrrh, the fragrant oil with which the dead are anointed. Jesus will finally come face to face with the representative of the world's greatest king, Pilate, Caesar's subordinate. Pilate will have very different gifts to give him, though he too is warned in a dream not to do anything to Jesus. Pilate's soldiers will be the first Gentiles since the Magi to call Jesus King of the Jews. But the crown they give him is made of thorns and his his throne will be a cross. At that moment, instead of a bright star, there will be an unearthly darkness out of which we hear a single Gentile, that is non-Jewish voice, say, yes, He really was God's son. From the start, it's already clear that with Herod and all Jerusalem as enemies, the way of this royal child can only be a way of suffering. So the Magi of the East gave the child of God the golden treasure of their lives, the frankincense of their prayers and the myrrh of their dying. Their gifts express great wisdom. They express true worship, what it means to live at our calling and that is why they've been called the wise men from the east. And Matthew is saying, listen to the whole story. Think about what it meant for Jesus to be the true king of the Jews and then come to him by whatever route you can with the best gifts you can find. And as you and I point the way to the world around us, live out our calling as the light of the world in uncertain times, 
we can trust in God's guidance when needed. See, first it was Joseph who, with good intentions, wanted to let Mary go secretly. An angel of the Lord was needed to prevent that. Read that earlier in Matthew. Now it's Herod who secretly, with evil intentions, asked the Magi to return to him. Again, heaven will intervene. And having warned, been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So as we begin this new year, yes, still in the midst of uncertainty, even with vaccines, as we have the particular challenges that are facing each of us different ones in our own lives, as we look to the future as the church, we can trust, we truly can trust that God will guide us as needed as we give our lives in worship of Jesus born in Bethlehem, as we continue to live out our calling as people of prayer and as we follow his way, his way of suffering, pointing the way, the way of light, of hope, in what can be, yes, a dark world. Remember, light shines most brightly in the darkness.